Hello, how you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. the devil are you? This is episode 42 of the Two Shot Podcast. I'm Craig Parkinson and this is an episode with Hannah Britland. I am recording this at a very unsociable hour, hence why I might sound a bit gruff and tired. Um, I've just started a job, I'm in London, but I've got to get this done because you're here, you've downloaded, you've subscribed And we cannot thank you enough for joining us. So, what is new? Well, you may have noticed this week on social media, I posted uh, a beautiful photo of a very beautiful thing. It is a badge. It's a brand new, limited edition, two-shot podcast logo badge made for us by our very good friends at One Stop Badges. And I promised that I would let you know on this episode how you could get your grubby little mitts on one. And I'm going to tell you now. You want to buy one? Well, they're not for sale. We're not going to sell them to you. We're going to give you them back. Because what you've done for us is you've supported us. So if you're a Patreon backer and you've been donated five five pounds five dollars a month or more that's it guaranteed you've got one if you're a patreon backer and you want to maybe donate a little bit more up to five dollars a month you can have one that's the deal they're limited edition we've got 250 made and that is it and considering oh god i don't even know what the last count was uh, but we've got over 180,000 subscribers. You've got to be in it to win it. So if you're a backer of $5 a month or more, direct messages on Twitter, email us on twoshotpod at gmail.com. I mean, we've got your details anyway, so we can find you. Just so we can get your address, get those beautiful things out to you, you can put them on your lapel, on your jumper. People will go, What's that beautiful little badge or pin, depending on where you are in the the world? Some people call them pins. They do it in America. And you'll say, oh, this is the Two Shot Podcast logo. What's the Two Shot Podcast? You'll say, I'm not going to give you a script. You 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 can work that dialogue out yourself. Anyway, what I'm saying is they're a gorgeous little badge. And they're for you to say thank you. Yeah? Yeah. So, this is episode 42 with the very energetic Hannah Britland. Now, you may know Hannah quite recently from the Netflix TV series Lovesick with uh, the fantastic Johnny Flynn. You may have seen her in Misfits, which is where I first met Hannah uh, a few years back. And it was one of the reasons why I asked her on. Turns out, she didn't remember who I was. This is episode 42 with the fantastic Hannah Britland. Enjoy, and I'll see you at the end. 
I think you're the first person I've ever met who was born on New Year's Eve. I wasn't born on New Year's Eve. Weren't you? It's wrong. It's wrong. Everyone thinks My I'm research 30. Is ro- I'm 28. Come on. 2nd of February, 28th, C-section. La- oh, yeah. Yes. I was premature by two weeks. You want to short that research out on I've the I've tried internet. it. I think it's someone that used to bully me at school that's putting it on that wants to get on my tits. <laughs> I literally <laughs> think it is because I've put on Twitter so many times that it's annoyed me. Because I don't want to be old before my ears because as an actress, that's a nightmare. So. Do you think it is? Do you think... Oh, come on. No. You know it is. I think, think things are changing. I was talking to somebody this morning and she was saying, you know, I'm in my 40s, but there's some great stories that are dying to be told and are being told. I think maybe in the last year it's changing, but I think it's been quite... I mean, I was told when I went to LA to, like, change my name. It's, like, change my... Not my name. Been told to change my name. <laughs> I think Hannah Britland's an all right name. Why would this? Like, they were I mean, like, it's shit. Terrible it's name. Poor Americans. What? <laughs> <laughs> told to like say, yeah, I was like 20, like two when I was about 26. Oh, told to lie about yeah. your age. Literally told to lie about my age. Like, I was told so many things. Lose weight, lie about your age. You told to change your name. You were told to lose weight. Yeah, categorically, yeah, I was told to lose weight, yeah. And, and what yeah, did you say to that? Laughed. Talented. She was like, you're like Jennifer Lawrence. And I was like, well, I think that's a compliment. Oh, I'm going to have to cut this out already. <laughs> I'm going to get in so much trouble. Don't worry. No, but I have a lot. Yeah, that happens a lot. Like, But you are you are generally the first enemy of Blackpool who's been on the podcast. Why am I an enemy? Oh, because I'm Preston. Because you're Preston. Not really, though. For people, I... for people growing up, or not growing up in Blackpool or Preston, you know, there was always a... Was a there? Divide. I think so, yeah. But I think that stemmed down... Is that the football? F- I think so, but the thing is... You don't I used know. To, I don't know anything about football. You rugby? Used... No, I'm nothing. I'm no sports whatsoever. Zero. I'm, I'm partial to a, a bit of snooker on the telly for, <laughs> I knew for 10 minutes. you were going to say that. Do I look like that? Do yeah, I look you like... do. Oh, do I? Do you like darts as well? Oh, my darts. That's all right. <laughs> I mean, I... My mum's great at darts. Is she? Yeah, yeah, really strong. Does she play for a team? No, does she balls, but she's very good at it. Tell me about your mum, what did she do? She's a nurse. She's tiny, she's five foot two. Irish, Catholic. Whereabouts in Ireland? Limerick. Right, okay. She doesn't have that accent though, like she's got like a kind of Yorkshire... I feel like I'm speaking really northern when I'm speaking to you and I'm worried that people are going to think that I've... Because I am northern, but my accent is all over the place. Like it's quite neutral northern, like sort of... Well, because I remember the last time we worked together was many years ago and I... You and me? What? We haven't worked together. You don't remember, do you? You don't remember that we were together? This is brilliant. This is already good. What? Did Mate, I... we have never met. I think you did an episode of Misfits. Yeah, I did. Oh, my God, fucking hell. That I was in. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, I, was, obviously I was very memorable. Fantastic. We've never met, ever. I'll I only sh- have I my... will show you the episode. <laughs> no, but we didn't have a scene together. Yes, we did. What was the scene? I don't know, but we were definitely... Yeah, it's not no, memorable, we were though. definitely on a racetrack. Oh, fucking hell. No, but we never met. We never said hello, because I'm very good. We definitely <laughs> did, because who? I remember going, God, that's the first... Part. I don't really know uh, a lot of people from Preston who were, like, in the acting game. I remember going... And, and so I remember sorry. you... Th- I remember hearing you going, God, she's really northern. She really sounds... <laughs> a Prestonite. <laughs> This is going so well so far. I hope you're enjoying oh this episode. My God, that's, that was my first job, though, and I 
just left drama school and it was all like a bit mental. So I didn't, I, oh my God, that's so awful. I only remember Antonia and Nathan and that's it. Great, great. I feel really comfortable that's now. Awful. Fantastic. It's awful, isn't it? Oh. Don't well, worry. You know what, I, fuck it. You know what? I think maybe. I've got, I've got terrible memory and I'm really bad I don't names. think you actually do remember. I think you had to do your research and then you were like, oh, Hannah, oh, she's in Misfits. <laughs> I'm going to make up a story that we met all those years ago and well, make her feel really uncomfortable. Or, so, well do, done. Oh, shit, do I make you feel uncomfortable? <laughs> no, Good. I don't care. I feel kind of a bit... Uh, uh, I'm ashamed for myself because I am a massive fan of Line of Duty. So I wish that I'd been able to like band that around with my godmother that... I, I know the caddy. I could have said we were like best mates, but I forgot that we'd ever met. <laughs> so I'll probably forget this as well in a couple of weeks. So. It's all right. That's fine. What, so. what goes on in here, then you can forget about it. You can air your dirty linen and then go off into the Soho sunshine. Sorry, I'm drinking a beer if that sounds like I'm choking on my own spit. Tell me, tell me about Preston. Tell me about growing up in Preston. <sighs> Preston. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm not from Preston. I'm from Manchester. No. You were born in Manchester? I was born in Chester Hospital. Right. But I grew up in Manchester a little bit. Whereabouts in Manchester? Cheadle, so not really Manchester, Manchester, but like, you know. I like to think it was uh, hardcore, but it wasn't. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to do that thing where I pretend like to be working class because it's cool. Uh, No, I had a very nice kind of time. Um, You're going to have to cut that bit as well. See, well, we haven't even got a full episode with all these cuts at the moment. Come on I'll now. Start again. So <laughs> I was I grew up in uh yeah, I did grow up in Preston from like the age of five. Right. But it's a place a little town called Horton, which I know Horton. Do you? Yeah. How come? I just know all around the northwest. Do you really? Yeah. Have you worked there? No, I've been through it though. Do you know Horton Tower? Where Shakespeare? Uh, produ- producer Griff might do, yeah. He's nodding. Um I grew up in the grounds of Horton Tower in a little cottage. Randomly, like completely randomly, my parents found this tiny cottage when we moved to Preston, and it was just amazingly idyllic. I was going to say it does sound. It was. I mean, it was. It was isolated, hugely, hugely isolated, and not in any way kind of cool. Or I mean, as a teenager, I absolutely hated it because obviously I wanted to be out smoking and drinking and doing what everyone else was doing. And so it's you, your mum and dad... And my and, sister. And your sister. And, and my sister. Younger, older? She's older, two years. She's an occupational therapist. So she actually has a proper job and does things that Don't help, say that. You that have helps a proper people. job. Well, my whole family is in, like, the care um, sector. Like, my dad teaches sign language. Mum's a nurse. Does he teach sign language? Yeah. How... Have you seen, the, have you seen um, the Quiet Place? No, not yet. Oh, my God, it's amazing. It's one of the best, and they signed the whole way through that. It's phenomenal. I think everybody from day one should learn sign language. My wife had to learn sign language for a, for a job. Did she? Yeah. Did what? How did she find that? Really fucking hard. It's really, yeah. really, it's really, but she really, did really it. hard. She did it, and she absolutely killed it. I couldn't believe I think it. Everyone should learn it because, like, you know, if when you get dementia, if you get dementia later on in life, or you lose your hearing, or you have an accident, or I think, or being able to sign is such a you know, children really, really respond, you know, they respond to that so quickly. Apparently, they can articulate what they want through sign much quicker than they can through verbalisation. Really? So, I think it's a good thing. Anyway, but anyway, that's off topic. So, I went to school in a very, as much as I love it, it's a very rough area of the north. It's called Bamber Bridge. 
you know Bamber Bridge. <laughs> I do know Bamber Bridge. Also, of course, I went to school in Bamber know, Bridge. Everybody knows Bamber Bridge. Producer Griff, Bamber Bridge. Oh, uh, absolutely. Did you? There we go. Did you play Lost Dog or did you play? Um, yeah. yeah. Or did you play um, Brown Edge? Last of course, see, they they were even rougher school, but that, that's all the fit where all the fit lads and the fit girls went, and we had to go to the Catholic one, which was a bit more. But there was a lot of poverty actually. It was quite. Uh, looking back on it now, it's quite. It was a really good school, but stuck in this place that I think, again, as much as I love it and have so much respect for it, looking back, yeah, it was quite. It was quite difficult. You had to real. You have to have your wits about you. You can't just kind of... Did you make friends easily at school? Or was yeah, it... I did. I always had a really good group of friends. I mean, it was... I don't know. I know I'm doing a podcast, but it kind of feels a bit weird to talk about myself. Do you ever get anyone like that? I think everybody feels a bit like that when they come on. Well, that's I feel right. like maybe I'm self-indulging a bit, but... No, you're absolutely not self-indulging because this is point, a podcast uh, about human life and human stories, yeah. and this is... This is about you, so it's not... You know, that's why... The only reason it could be self-indulgent is if uh, someone's coming on and talking about jobs and all that, which is why I don't... I'm so busy. That's the only thing that I don't talk about yeah, on this podcast yeah, yeah. because I don't want people to feel self-indulgent. I don't have one to talk about anyway right now, so... <laughs> that's perfect See, you, you're already saying that is already self-indulgent, so don't ever say that. We'll cut that out, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, just, let's just take that out. Um, yeah, I, lo- I genuinely loved school I mean I did have a big big problem with bullying but I always had friends it wasn't like I wasn't there was just a group of very mean girls but actually looking back they were probably really struggling in their own lives I think bullies are usually dealing with a lot of mental health issues or problems of their own that they just want to sort of how did you deal with the bullies did you find it hard or did you oh I was rubbish I was really rubbish. I really struggled to kind of... I did get in a few fights and I always fought back because my mum always told me that if someone hits you, you hit them back twice as hard. I know, I've been, Sorry, trying, to, I've been trying to teach that It's true, though. That's son. what you should do. And then my wife's been going, don't say that to him because he will do it. And I'm going, oh, you But know. it's only if they hit you first. Yeah. You hit them back. So I did do that, but I did... I found it... I was quite sensitive and I found it really kind of... I really struggled with that in my head because I just thought I haven't done it. Well, I hadn't done anything wrong. So, and they made up lies. There was always like a lie that I'd said this or I'd done that. And, you know, for a young 15-year-old, I think they make you question yourself. And I think that's such a shame. I don't think anyone should ever have to deal with that. You but know? sadly, it happens all the time, I know, it does to everyone, to so many people. And to people that you would never suspect. Not that there's a typical bully victim, but I think that, you know... I think maybe I'll come across as quite, I know who I am, I'm not quite as going, and yeah. Have yeah, you always been bad. like that? You've always felt comfortable in your own skin? Um, and been oh. easygoing? And... Maybe easygoing is the wrong, wrong word. I think, I, think, um, I think I'm quite warm, maybe. I think that's maybe a good word to use. And I like people. And so, I've not always masked... Yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. all right to me. That's good. I think, I think I'm a nice person. It's healthy. I think so, no? yeah. I mean, I, I struggle, but I don't... I, I've not, you know, sat there kind of wishing I was someone else or wishing that looked massively different or wish or I was doing something else. Wishing or, you could be somewhere else. Yeah, I've never thought like that. 
And I think that was my mum and dad and my sister have always been sort of, you just, you get on with it and you kind of... So good, stable family, supportive very parents, good, yeah. close really relationship with, with your sister. Yeah, although she's, comp- she's completely different to me. She looks completely different. Her personality is completely different. She's much uh, stronger. She's very loyal. Very. Um, Do you think you lack strength? Uh, or is it just that she's stronger? She's stronger emotionally. I think. I think um, she handles situations in a calmer, probably way than I do. Like I said, I can be quite sensitive. I sound like I'm sound like I'm massively contradicting myself here, but I think maybe no, no, people no. are, you know. These are all facets that make up make up a whole. Yeah, you know, make up a whole person. Exactly. Um, but she's an incredibly strong woman, young woman. She's thirty, actually, so you can put that on <laughs> fucking Wikipedia. <laughs> 21st of January, <laughs> Jessica Britland, 30 years old. She's going to hate this. Does she go bright red at this? This is Jessie's worst nightmare, being interviewed or being in the spotlight or being any... I mean, we are two completely different types of people, but we have a very similar sense of humour. Which you bond over. Completely. Right. So Monty Python, Blackadder... Famous Five, you know, when they do... Um, was it Channel 4 that did Famous Five? Do you mean the comic strip? Yeah, yeah, all that kind of thing that we were brought up on. That's our sense of humour. Quite quick wit, hopefully. Yeah, and it's of a, of a particular era as well, that, exactly. that type of comedy. We loved it. Yeah. So we have the same very, very similar sort of uh, way of viewing things in that way. But she's... Um, oh, she works in the NHS. I mean, she's strong as shit, like... Mm. Oh, she'd have to be. Well, she sees Bloody everything. Hell. I mean, she's sweating on the ward right now, and here I am with beer and <laughs> loving life in Soho. <laughs> so, where did. Were you doing drama at school? Was that on the curriculum? Yes. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. And Which was it was... something that you'd. Was, well, there, I... was there a moment when it all switched on, or was it something you'd, you were always. you gravitated to? I wanted to be a singer. So I was obsessed with singing. I had a band called the, the Cool Cats. The Cool Cats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shout out to the Cool Cats. Nineteen ninety five to two thousand. Kind of, what kind of stuff were you doing? <laughs> we made our own music. I mean, we were in primary school and then we were in uh, high school, secondary school, and that's what carried on for a bit of time. Oh, we were. Yeah, we had a single. <laughs> Not that it was ever released. We did, uh, did you record a single? Yes, we record. I'll, I'll send it to you. We need to put a link on it's for this episode. Hilarious. Brilliant. Cool cats are back in town. Get that sent over. Valentine. <laughs> you make me smile. We had all the hits. Wow. We wrote them. We penned them four girls together. We penned them and argued the whole time. But um, yeah, so I thought I was going to be a famous singer because I did think I was... The shit. Yeah, yeah. I really thought I could do it. And then... Uh, I think I was nominated for, like, a drama. You know when they do, like, awards at school? Yeah. And my drama teacher went, oh, you can actually act. And I went, oh, I'll do that instead. But oh, did you? It was that kind of... That was it. That was it. Catherine Bland. Shout out to Catherine Bland. Who was the teacher? Yeah, year nine. So I was 14. So, yeah, I thought, oh, I'll do that then. I can cry on cue, so I thought that makes me a brilliant actor. <laughs> 15 <laughs> or 14. And everyone was like, wow, she's so amazing. And I was like... <laughs> Not really, just cry. Just blagging. Yeah, I'm still doing that now. So many people are. <laughs> God, she's so good, she can cry. Yeah, I'm not feeling it though, I'm just crying, so... 
Just waterworks. Yes, exactly, exactly. I've got a lot of trauma, so <laughs> just going to cry. You don't have a lot of trauma, Hannah. I have some trauma. Tell me about your trauma. So, somewhere. See that segue? Boom. Tell Did me about the trauma. You like that? that? Just where the tears start. That's where the tears start. I can give you a bit of trauma. But oh. actually, I think it's important people know because it might affect other people as well. Then go. So I have two debilitating and sometimes life-threatening conditions, health conditions. Mm. So I have ulcerative colitis, which is a bowel condition, and I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which Explain. is a connective tissue disorder. Right. So, you weren't expecting that, were you? No. No, you weren't. So... I never expect uh, anything. Do people come out with... They do come out with all sorts, don't yeah, they? Yeah, that's why have, it's open and free. I don't expect anything. Have you ever been really surprised? I'm constantly surprised. Like this? Pretty much like that face. Yeah, I'm no, in, internally my heart is constantly surprised. That is it pe- breaking? It sometimes breaks, yeah. That's where you start fake crying? I can't fake cry. <laughs> See? It's a skill. It is a skill, it's I give you really it. It's really not. It's just something I was born with. I've just got big tear ducts, I think. <laughs> I just want to open out. Yeah, you want to know, don't you? Right? Let's get back to the trauma, please. Let's get back to the hashtag trauma. So... I was born with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Right, so you know you've had this all your life? Well, I only found out I had it two years ago. And how did you find out? Well, I nearly died. So um, <laughs> I've got sepsis and organ failure and um, uh, glandular fever all in one. And it was misdiagnosed. And then I ended up in intensive care. And then they thought that I had... I mean, every, they tested me for everything. They thought I had absolutely everything. So I was getting... Tests that you can't even, I can't even pronounce what they were. It wow. was that bad. So, because they just didn't know what was wrong with me. And how long were you so, in the hospital for? All in all, I was in for a month, and then I came out. And then, it's amazing how well the body can heal. And if you're mentally, because I, I think the only reason why I got out of hospital is because I'd been offered a play, and it was my first play out of drama school, and it'd taken me like four years to get a play I was like I'm doing this play I'm doing it I'm doing it I'm doing it so you're and mentally focused to get better I was like I cannot stay here I have to go and do this play you know um, and I did but it was it was real it was was touch and go for quite a while because they just didn't know what to treat me with so I had steroids I, I mean I all sorts and something uh, water getting sucked out like Bane you know um, that Bane mask that Tom oh, yeah. wears I had to wear one of them. I think it was like for two hours and then they take it off and it sucks out the water from your lungs because for some reason my lungs were filled with water. I don't know. So what are the, yeah. what are the preventions now? What do you, do you have can't. to... You can't? Well, with EDS, there's different forms of it and it is something that you're born with. Um, so, for example, so my mum didn't know that she had it, but she's always struggled to heal if she gets a scar. She has problems with the joints... I mean, I was a C-section, and that nearly killed her. And right. they were very confused by that. So um, you can do certain exercises. You can um, not do certain things, not do certain sports. Are there trigger points to look out for, um, right, if you feel... Well, it makes you very, very lethargic. It makes you very, very tired. But then that's paired with the bowel condition as well, so I'm constantly tired. Um, you but don't I have, seem. You don't. You never. You always seem like someone's oh, very happy, open, yeah. full of life. You know, full of energy. Yeah, but I think. But then I also sleep a lot, so I think that 
I have sort of a window where I'm kind of happy and joyful and sort of on it, and then I just crash. Like, literally will crash. Yeah. And then I have to... I can't speak to anyone. Sometimes I can't speak. Like, it gets, like, ulcers in my mouth and woe is me, but, you know. It can be very, very bad because it stopped me doing my third year in Guildhall. So I was on crutches and I did my first show on crutches because my knee dislocated and then set at a 90-degree angle. So I did, like, ridiculous. you got to laugh or you'll cry. Exactly. But, um, so I did that and then I got off crutches and then I did Misfits playing an athlete and that's why they had to get a runner for me because I wasn't allowed to run. And that's why I was so thin. I, I, I remember that. <laughs> no, I, you the stress is on the eye. I remember that. Just want to say that. I can't. What scene were we in? I was on the running together. track. I was on the running yeah, track. We didn't have a scene together. It's not like we spoke to one another. I think you need to go back. <laughs> I did speak to you because I'm very polite and friendly on a film set. And I said, hi. I'm cr- well, look, it's fine. Was but- I just like. To be fair, I'd been very unwell and I was trying to just, like... You seemed all right. I don't remember. I don't have, you know, I don't, can't remember particularly, if I'm honest. Was, was Kane Day there? Was, was, was it just the group? Were we just running? No, there wasn't all of us there on that day, from what I remember. Were you there with the car? Probably. When I got out of the car? No, we were definitely on a running track because I had to do some running. Why were you running? Uh... What were you running for? Chatting up one of the other girls. It was like a comedy moment. Do you not remember? No, no, no. I, I, no. Oh, <laughs> this conversation is going nowhere. <laughs> Hannah, let's go. Let's just. I want to just go back to school for a bit. Right, we've just got to get in because so of this. Okay. <laughs> Hannah, I just want to go back to school no. in Preston and I want to... You, to me, am I right in saying you were, you were quite academic? I'll, yeah, how do you know that? I can just tell. Oh, shut up. No, I'm being serious. I, I, I loved see- it. I I'm still am obsessed with it. Really? I'm obsessed. I, I, that's why I love acting, but kind of... Um, always have a bit of a chip on my shoulder about it as well. Why do you have a chip on your shoulder? Because I sometimes feel that I'm not using my brain in the way that I want to. It's not like I, you know, I'm using a very brilliant and exciting and creative part of my brain, but I'm not using another brilliant, excitive, exciting other part of my brain. And lots of people might think that's um, been unfair to acting, but that's just how I feel. I definitely that's, feel like I'm that's losing compl- out. Completely your prerogative. Sometimes, yeah, I do. I do feel that I'm. So you completely aced all your exams. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I did have to work really hard. I'm talking like re- revising for like eight hours a day. But you obviously get something from it, and it connects. I loved it. With I that. love winning. I love. I love. But winning oh, for myself. Yeah. Yeah, I love like going right. I'm going to get an A star, and it's not because. I want to be better than anyone else. I want to be the best that I can be. So I was like, I'm going to get an A star and I'm going to get it. And if I don't get it, then... I failed. I've absolutely failed. Yeah, I failed. But you got, the, you got the A stars, didn't you? Yeah, well, not, not in everything. Didn't get it in science, so... Still Although I don't think that was my fault because my science like classes were really bad. Still a bit angry about it? I Yeah, I got a C. <laughs> and I got a B in maths as well, so I'm not happy about that either. 
Crikey. But I was put in a class with like people that wouldn't listen. So it's not my fault. I reckon if I'd gone to private school, I would have aced the whole fucking thing. I blame them. Yeah, that's I it. blame them. I blame the others. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I am th- I'm so happy I went to school that I did because it's made me, um, made me work really hard and also... It had amazing people in it. And so, what's the what was the plan? Did you ha- did you have any sort of focus for after school that you wanted to do? Because the acting, um, the drama had been introduced a little bit, but obviously, you were highly skilled academically. So there was and a, an acrobat. A, well, we didn't even touch on that. What? I'm uh, no, I'm joking. I'm not really <laughs> juggling. Yeah, juggling life skills. Oh, life. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> she can do comedy, but uh, can improvise. Oh, awkward. So what? Uh, what if there was a plan or do you just think I'm just gonna I was just like I'm just gonna ace all the exams sixth form went to college and then I thought oh well go um, I'll go to I don't know Cambridge <laughs> oh was that was that it was you an option but I wasn't clever enough they did talk to me about it but I I wasn't I didn't have the brains to do that also I wasn't very like um, articulate it was more, I could do, do it when I was writing, but I'd get very nervous about sort of, you know, people sitting down. I always felt like people were trying to catch me out a little. I still feel like that now sometimes. In what way? I feel a lot of the time that people are trying to make me look a bit stupid sometimes, I think. Maybe that is a big chip on my shoulder. But I have had that quite a lot where people go sort of... Um, Do you actually feel like that, or is that actually how you feel? So, what do you know about that? And they try—they're trying to catch you out. A yeah, bit. You catch you out, mate. Yeah, I feel like that. I felt like that a long for a long time. Where do you think that comes from? Uh, well, it was made worse in hospital because no one listened to me. But I love the NHS. All my family are in the NHS. But you know, when there's only one nurse on a ward of, you know, fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. That's what happens. Yeah. So uh, that's why I got so ill because I was told that there was this culture that came on the ward that Hannah, the actress, is being overdramatic. And I was, I was dying. And uh, they um, said that I was being overdramatic. Did they in that Yeah. And then, obviously, I was in intensive care, so they didn't say that anymore. So, yeah. Jesus. So I feel that quite a lot, that I, that I have to kind of back myself up quite a lot with quite a lot of information so that someone doesn't catch me out because so you feel have to throw people... it all out there first yeah. yeah yeah what was the point what? what do you ever do you feel that with work not anymore on jobs i used to feel that in auditions all the time like for example i'd go for an audition and go uh i mean this is going way back to sort of when i was 22 23 oh you're quite a good little actress aren't you i had someone say that to me once so you would find that very patronizing obviously obviously well i'll be like of course I am. I went to Guildhall. Like I'm not, and I don't mean that in any other way. Of like, what? A, you've someone sent me here to see you. You can see my agent. You can you can see that I've prepared the work. You, why are you getting in people that you think can't act? I guess it doesn't matter where you went or how you got to that place. But if you're agreeing to see someone, why would you expect that they can't do it? I suppose it's the phrasing of that as well. Oh, it's it's so very awful. demeaning, and. You know, it, that's a power thing, surely. I think, I hugely think so. And there'd be a lot of kind of, as soon as I would start, they'd go, oh, as if kind of, I, I don't know what, I don't... I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the time. That's hard. That's, but not that's anymore. Really, that's really hard for your self-esteem, though. Do you well, know what I mean? Like, it's, oh. the things like that are very difficult. 
to like, deal with. Open because, your mind a little bit. Like, well, you know. <laughs> We've all seen us in misfits. <laughs> some you know. of us have. Some of us, some of us obviously haven't. <laughs> so oh, when God. did you decide that you were going to try out for drama school, that it was going to be something that you that were going to really do. go... Well, not that you could do, that you were willing to train for. Well, I didn't for. think I could do it. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't... I, no, I, I thought, very naively, I thought, oh, I'll go to Cambridge and get in the footlights and then that'll be me. And then Stoller couldn't go to Cambridge, so I thought, oh, I'll go to Warwick and <laughs> I don't know. And then a teacher pulled me inside and said, you should audition for drama school. These are the three you should audition for because it's so expensive. Yeah. What I mean, is that about? Well, that's something that's ongoing talks at the moment with uh, certain people, certain schools dropping their fees and also certain schools... Guildhall's the worst for it. Is it's, it? It's really... And as much... Uh, but there's as, certain you know, schools that are um, waiving their fees for low-income families um, and also helping with travel because it's also travel to get there That's exactly as well, what it is. Which, especially when we're coming from the north... Because like eighty you've got, quid return. You've got, you've got your train fare. You've got the audition fee, and then you know you might have to stay overnight. Mm-hmm. You've got a hotel. You know everything mounts up, and it, that makes choices narrower, narrower, narrower for people. And it's intimidating yeah. as well going down to London on your own at eighteen or seventeen. That's intimidating mm-hmm. as well. So you kind of. I'd, so were you coming down by yourself, or were you? Oh come, yeah, I went. Oh, yeah, but your went, parents yeah. were obviously very supportive. Oh, with with what my dad fills out the form. Did he? <laughs> Shout out to my dad. Uh, yeah, he filled out all the. Yeah, I did rely a lot on my parents to kind of. I think I was probably quite lazy because I was so obsessed with education that everything else was just a bit sort of. It's like, oh, I don't have time to do that, Dad. Can you do it? No, yes, okay. <laughs> Fill the whole thing out, and yeah, they were amazing. They paid for the whole thing. They sent me packing. Off I went on the train. Um. And I, yeah, I was just told to do it, so I just went, "Oh, okay." And did did you have that self belief within yourself at that time, or were you willing for it to sort of be no, opened up? I, no, I thought <laughs> I thought I was going to get in. Did you? Yeah, yeah so, God, that's really embarrassing. No, no, no. Look, if you can't, well, that be, is really embarrassing. But if you can't be positive, then you're going into a business. I thought of I was, so much uncertainty yeah. and so much rejection rejection can't rejection. Speak. rejection then you've got to you've certainly got to be positive you know it's just that fine line isn't it that we, I wasn't we arrogant always, at all exactly that's what we're going to say we've got I didn't a fine line of positivity and arrogance and I just thought oh well because I didn't I didn't I didn't know how big it was I didn't I had no idea how hard it was I had absolutely I just kept on oh you're really good at acting because you can cry on cue so I thought oh my god I'm really good at acting I can cry on cue so I'll you know Go to Rada. I was laughed out of the room. I brought props with me. So you can see a theme here. We, I've actually got some props on the table today. Uh, and they laughed at me. They laughed at you? Yeah, they absolutely killed themselves laughing. And they said, do you want to bring the sky and the uh, soil with you as well? And I was like, oh. I don't know. I oh, no. Yeah, it was bad. How did that make you feel? Was that such a stupid question. It That's... was just... <laughs> I was a bit like, oh, I just want to do that again. I felt a bit stupid, but I didn't. I wasn't upset. I just thought, oh, that's just. The, I would. I just won't bring props again. That was a bad move. That was a stupid move. What so you were idiot. just. You were just learning, really. Yeah, you I didn't was know. I had no idea. You know, I thought did something from DNA, and there's loads of props in that, and it's young people, and they've got cans of coke and Mars bars. So I, pa- I you know, packed it all, and I put on my really nice dress, and <laughs> I just didn't have a clue what I was doing. But it didn't break you. 
Oh, God, no. No. Oh, bloody hell, no. You've got, no, no. Because if it's going to break you at that point, then don't even bother. Because it's going to be an absolute fucking nightmare once you get in there. So, <laughs> oh, oh, no. You know that now. Well, I know that now. But, so you auditioned for Guildhall. And then I auditioned for... That was my last one, and my mum kind of threatened, <laughs> threatened me. She went, we've spent so much money on this. Uh, you haven't had a recall. You can do this. Go and do it. She gave me a slap, like, not a physical slap, but she gave me sort of like a... A kick up the arse. Kick up the yeah. arse. And I went, oh, okay. Well, I did. And I just went... Whew. And I just, I love, I absolutely loved it. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't... Because um, I had nothing to compare it to. It wasn't as if I'd been, like, five years old and wanting to be an actress forever. Yeah. I just sort of decided that so it would way, be a good was, idea. It was kind of a beautiful naivety it, to it all. I was so naive. I was stupidly naive because then I had to do the course and oh my god, it nearly killed me. Like literally, nearly killed me. So, yeah. I wish I'd taken it. I wish I'd gone at my age now, twenty-eight, not thirty. <laughs> Wikipedia. Thank you, bastards. Um, did you worry financially? I mean, did you get a grant? No, I worked. So, embarrassingly, um, I was a. I worked as a model. It's a model. It so, was the model. Yeah, it was so, a model. And so you had money to pay for your fees? I had, from that point, I had, um, I would work all summer and then I'd also work in the Easter breaks and everything like that and I was doing quite well so I could, I just paid for, well obviously I got a grant to, was it not a grant? I got like a student loan. For living expenses or for the fees? Both. For both? Oh yeah, yeah, both. But you're, you're, yeah. you're, you were... Grafting in the modeling to subsidise... Oh, massively. Yeah. I don't know how, how else she would... Well, no. And it obviously, how else she would do it. Well, Mum and Dad couldn't afford that, no, so it was... No, the majority of, you know, certainly parents who come on this podcast couldn't I afford mean, Great, like I mean, that. who can? No. I mean, that's well, just... Well, some people can, sat, but... sat, You know, some people can. But, and then props to them, good for them. Like, it's yeah. not, you know, I'm again, not, like I, I said at the beginning of this, I'm like... I'm not bashing anybody. Everybody... You totally are. You're so bad. <laughs> Joking. Every, all I, I think everybody deserves the right mm. to, to, to if they want to train at something, they deserve the right, and the barriers Amen. should not be up. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And sadly, they are. But you know, I don't know if I'd go now with the fees nine thousand. I don't know. I don't think I'd go. I don't think I'd be able to justify that to myself when I could have gone and done something with a different part of my brain. Well, exactly. I, I was going to say you, you being you know, highly skilled academically and passion- and certainly passionate about it as well. Yeah, you know. I'm passionate about it, yeah. Um, Not in maths and science, though, so... We don't talk about those. <sighs> don't talk about the B and the C I got. So, <sighs> oh, how did you find the training? Because you didn't have oh any expectations. God. It was, was it... so awful. It Why? was so hard. It was just... It made me so ill. That's when my bowel condition got really bad. You know, I'd be throwing up, I'd be joints, an absolute nightmare. And I didn't know, I didn't know I had these conditions at the time. So you just so thought I it just, was you being run down and ill and... Completely. And then I'd be so tired. There'd be points where we'd be in a class and I'd be, you know... Not enough. Yeah, and it's not like, I, I mean, I was, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do drugs, I didn't go out. I was obsessed, obviously, with the whole thing. Thinking that, you know, you're 60 hour weeks and you're barely 18 and it was too much I think I genuinely think they asked too much of you I think that nobody at 18 years old should be doing 60 hour weeks in education I you can't some, learn anything I else think sometimes that's what they say as well 
just come back in a year or so. Yeah. And, you know, you hear it so often, they go, look, we think you're great. Go and get some life experience. Yeah. I get messages and emails all the time going, I didn't get into drama school again, and they've said I need more life experience. Great, what do you think I should do? And I go, oh, Go and get know, it. I don't, I don't know if I'm the oracle of all knowledge, but... You know, try A, B, and C, and, and see if that helps. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm not um, older. Man's up saying I uh, know hardly. Any, I know hardly anything. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, yeah. It is funny because I went at seventeen and eighteen, and I think where did you go? I went to Mountain View. Oh, did you? Yeah. Did you do? Dancing. It's not about me, Hannah. I'll tell you. I'll oh, tell you off no. Mic. Ah, I see what you're you trying to do. I know, because I'm not. I can't bear um, it. Can we not flip it, please? No. I'm desperate to know. I'll I'm going to get you an autograph I'll and everything. I'll tell you later. I'm not really, really. That's weird. It's really, really dull. Um, but I think... Um, I've lost my thread. No, I haven't. You what, went to Mount View. What I was saying, what I was meaning to say was, at such a young age of 17 and 18, all you want to do is go out there oh and God. get it done and do it and yeah. learn and learn and learn and be the sponge at that age. And because of the arrogance of youth, you know, mm. even if someone goes, you know what, I don't think you're quite ready, I am ready. That's what I said. Totally ready. Yeah. Give me it now. That's what I said. But in, in retrospect, maybe... I don't know. even think I'm ready now, actually, to go back and do that. I honestly don't think that anyone training to be an actor needs 60-hour weeks. What, what, like... Seriously, like, you might need that if you're training to be a doctor. And not to say that acting, I think it's one of the most amazing jobs in the world and it's hugely, hugely important for democracy. I'm proud to be an actress, but come on, 60-hour weeks, I mean, that is just tragic. You need, you need to have time to live, to, to see people, to soak up London. I didn't, I didn't know anything about London for the first three years. That I didn't know anything and I've been living there for, yeah, three years. And I, I didn't even know where... I didn't even go to King's Cross. But some would say it's such a fucking hard profession. Yeah, but... Then you should start working hard then. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just trying no, to... No, 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 you don't. I mean, I think different opinions are really, like, valid on it because I think everyone obviously uh, no, has I, I'm a... not. I'm actually not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying... Do you saying, think... No, I, I think... It's a big ask, and it's a lot to ask for people so young. And maybe, you know, hit 21, and then maybe go... Do you need 60-hour weeks for three years to learn how to act? I don't know. I don't think you do, because there's people that don't go to drama school that are amazing. then again, exactly, there's another flip side of the coin of going, well, do you need to go to drama school? Because I... I did. I I spoke to so many people who didn't, but have trained on jobs... Yeah, and they've been exactly. really, really learning yeah. and watching and listening. Yeah. But I think they're the people that probably have that natural, real natural gift. I didn't have... I, I really... I, did, I didn't need the training. Maybe not 60-hour weeks, maybe 40-hour weeks. I mean, I was... I just thought if I could cry. I mean, I keep going back to this, but that's what I thought it was. I thought good acting was crying. You see, that's not on your Wikipedia. <laughs> they should be. You should put that on. <laughs> Britland thinks great acting is being able to cry on demand. Not, not born on 31st of December, but click your fingers, waterworks. <laughs> I'm going to make sure real just of me having a little sob. <laughs> but but even, yeah. though you were, even though you were ill and it was hard. It was impossible sometimes. It was, honestly, it was so hard. Did you so ever hard. feel like, I can't, I'm, I'm done? 
Nah. Th- no. No. St- even as hard as it was, you still had the determination to get through. No, I was upset because I'm obsessed with learning, so I was obsessed with it. I mean, I did drive myself absolutely, you know, to the brink of... I mean, I was exhausted. To the point where, you know, I put myself in hospital. I couldn't, I couldn't do the third year. I couldn't finish it. Did it affect you mentally as well? Um, not at the time, but later, hugely. Hugely. Yeah. I have a real issue with sort of... I felt almost like I've lost, like, lost those three years a little bit. And that things that happened... Mm, but think, mm. It's okay, you can talk, we can bleep things out, but then again, equally, you don't have to talk about things. That, I just that think I was too... Uh, no, 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 that's not... I'll get... Mm. Well, that's it's okay. like hashtag me to Guildhall, um, and I'd have to go into all that, and I don't think it's... That's absolutely fine. We don't I'll tell you to, afterwards. We don't yeah. have to say things. Yeah. I think here. I was just very impressionable, impressionable, very, very naive, and very desperate to be the best that I could be and I think that makes you incredibly vulnerable and I was exceptionally vulnerable I would do anything I'm talking about we did a scene where we did an Anthony Nielsen play where uh, it's called Stitching and it's about do you, do you know I don't it? know him but I, know, I don't know the play but I know uh, of the Anthony, writer yeah. yeah and it's a, a very I mean I think even he would say this I don't know him but it is a pornographic play uh, in its violence and in actually the subject. It's about two grieving parents and they basically decide that they're going to reenact these sort of very graphic sex scenes to kind of essentially deal with their grief, sort of. And at 18, you know, pretending that a carrot is a dildo and getting that shoved down your throat, I just don't think that's acceptable. I think I didn't need that. And you, but you think that at the time you're going, oh my God, this is learning and this is... But I think you didn't have the power to say no because... Because you're vulnerable. Because you're, you're vulnerable. And you're obviously, you know... You think being, that this is learning. You're being taken advantage of. I really think... I mean, everyone did it. It wasn't as if it was just me that was... I mean, sometimes I was, like, pinpointing out to do things. I know, but there's a line. But there's a line. And I don't think even now, as an adult, I would have to really get to know that actor. I would have to have a couple of weeks of... Get, I'm not going to put myself in that vulnerable position ever again. There has to be trust. Yeah, and that it yeah. has to be a place yeah. that, Trust with is, the director. that is safe exactly yeah. while it stems mm-hmm. down from that. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think, you know, saying it's all for the training and it's all for the greater good and, and all this kind of shit. I, I actually, looking back as an adult now, I think that liberties were definitely taken. And maybe, maybe that does make you a better actor in, in the long run and maybe it pushes you to your limits, which obviously it did. But... Acting's not the be all end all. I don't think anyone should be compromising their mental health to be no, an actor. No. It's not and people do, and I think that's well we all do, but there's well, so we much deal more with to things, life than that. We deal with things all the time, don't yeah. we? Because you're constantly going up to say Right, I, I can I can do this. Don't worry about those people. I, I can do this. No, I'll do it, no. I'll do it, I'll do no, it. No, you can't, you can't, you can't. Oh, right, I can't do it now, so you have to pick yourself back yeah, up again. Completely. So, you know, I was only saying this morning to somebody, you know, we run and we go to the gym and we keep physically mm-hmm. fit, but we really have to keep... Look after our mental health. I really have to look yeah, out yeah, for yeah. it and forget about the stigma and, you know, doing this podcast has 
it, it helps me just as much as it, yeah. it, it stimulates and That's what you're saying for about people. therapy, sort of. Yeah. Like, it kind of is almost. Well, it, it, in it, terms it, of... it was only because one guest very early on said, uh, I don't know if it was on mic or not, but she went, oh, I think it was on mic actually, and she went, oh, that was like a bloody oh, therapy session. Oh, it was Lauren. It was Lauren, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I listened to it the other day. And, um, and it was incredible. Yeah. And I just thought, God, it is. And then so many people have, have, have said it is, so... Therapeutic? Uh, yeah, I think it is therapeutic mm. because people shouldn't be afraid to talk. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, I, just, I do want to reiterate, because I'm not just saying this, I do think that I had the best training in the world or some of the best training in the world. And I know that from how I've gone through the industry and how I've coped and how I have been able to deal with certain situations. And I do think Guildhall... I mean, I I would change certain things, but in, in terms of actually what I learned as an actor, it was phenomenal. But in the grand scheme of things... Grand scheme of things, there's there's no regrets. Or no, there are regrets. There are regrets. Yeah, there are regrets. But again, that's all to do with certain people and certain. Um, do you still carry those regrets around, or have you been able to um, sort of let them go over the years? Because it's difficult sometimes. I mean, there's a couple of conversations that I would quite like to have, but I think. I think it's not something I think about every single day. I mean, other things, you know, I've nearly died. So, like, that's probably more in my yeah, head than put, it is. Like, <laughs> more, you know, about the time that a teacher said something to me at Guildhall that kind of upset me. Yeah. You know, you've got to, there's, there's level, you've got to put things in perspective. Yeah. But I think with all this sort of Me Too thing and, well, not thing, it's incredibly important movement and, and especially young women now feeling that they can have a voice and, and say you know, sort of their experiences. I think that, uh, sorry, I'm not crying. It wasn't my, cause I can crown demand. So, <laughs> <Good> uh, <laughs> oh wait. Um, yeah, so I do, no, I do have regrets. I wish that I'd had more of a voice. I wish I'd actually had more balls. I wish that I'd, um, not been such of a fucking pushover to be honest, but I was young. Do you feel you've got stronger? Since, oh my God. Over the years since you, so how many years is it since you graduated now? Uh, it'd be seven in May. So do you feel you're slowly sort of putting your, um, Armor suit of armour together and piece by piece. I feel like I'm impenetrable now. Do you? Like, I literally feel like there's nothing that... I mean, I'd ha- I've had other very bad experiences on set where I've been forced to do something that I didn't want to do. So you feel you've very been com- early. compromised early on oh in, my in, in, God. in professional work? I've been forced to be naked. I've been asked to do sexual stuff that I don't want to do. On set, not in, a, not in another way. Um, you know, do a more explicit scene than I was comfortable with. Um, yeah, all sorts. But and that you, was very early on. But you, And because it was so early on, you didn't feel you had the voice to say, I just stop. didn't have a choice. Right. Didn't have my phone on me. I didn't have uh, access to being able to contact my agent. I didn't have any tools to be able to back myself up. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I was 21. I had no idea what I was doing. So sorry. That's yeah. horrible to hear. I know, yeah, but I know it, it should not no. fucking happen. But then, because that happened, when I did Skins, which is an explicit sexual show in many ways, I got um, Jack on board with me. We were supposed to be doing this sex scene in the car. And I said to Jack O'Connor, we were playing Lovers in it. And I went... Uh, they're going to ask me if I'll take my clothes off. I know, I know they are because because they'll try. You yeah. know, whoever will try. 
uh, and they did. And I said, no, I said, have you ever had sex in a car in Manchester in the middle of the day? And the person said no. And I went, well... You don't strip off. You don't strip off. There's no fucking time. <laughs> so, and then Jack was like, I'll support you 100% all the, all the way. And it was, the scene was so cool. It was so much better. And I was so strong because how I'd gone through that. How brilliant that you had a supportive co-star. But I knew to do that. I knew. Get, you get, get him to on get, side. Get him on side. But he would awful. always be on my side. Was that the director that asked you to do that? I'm not going to say. Well, whoever it was, yeah. it was someone in a position of power. Oh, completely. And that's, yeah. Completely. That's, what will you do so what are you levels. comfortable doing and that's okay to ask that, that but that should be asked through an agent and that's it gets asked through an agent and it gets signed not in the half contract. past ten in a caravan in the middle of fucking Manchester because people think they can try and get one over on somebody 100% and I was like mate it's not happening I'm really I'm really thrilled that, that you said no yeah I was because I think if you're comfortable with it rock on Get get whatever you are. If you're comfortable with yeah, but, it, great. But, but I'm not anymore. But still, it should go through professional channels mm-hmm. and it should not... No actor or actress should be compromised on set because of somebody's whim. Exactly. Or, well, yeah. Because they want to see some, you know, boobs. Because they think it's going to make something or... The scene is got, so much better with clothes on as well. I bet. It's uh, well, so much better. You know, that's a show that prides itself on its realism. Exactly. It's so real. Mm. And it, we had the best time. We had a bloody great time. It was hilarious. So, and it was just so much more comfortable. But he was like, mate, straight away, 100% got you back. I was like, that's how you do it. Because he was the lead. So go to your, that's what I was just to anyone that's worried about it. you got you got to back yourself up. you got to get your army behind you because... Sometimes it's very difficult to do it yourself. Yeah, you, it, I know it's very difficult. You walk off set and you ring your agent. Oh, well, sometimes you can't because I, I won't know give you your phone. You can't. Well, then you call then me. Then you sue. Someone calls me and I'll come down and sort that shit out. Um, so when you left drama school, yeah, because you'd been, of course, in a really hard working place for three years, but or equally. Are sometimes not, but majority safe place, and then you're, yeah, you're yeah, let yeah. out into the the, the real world. Wild world. Straight onto Misfits. Was it straight? Was that it's your first, first job? audition? It's first audition. And I went, first Boom! job. Brilliant. I was thrilled. I was so excited because I loved the show. Um, I was really chi- again. I was chilled. I've got more anxious and more worried as I've gone through my career. But at the beginning, I was so like, oh. Because Easy. again, it's a bit like when you started out at drama school, you didn't really have any expectations. I didn't have a fucking clue. Yeah. I was like, oh, my first audition got the job. That's what that's what it's going to be like. Great. Got there into drama go. school first time. That's what it's going to be like. And then I realised very quickly that is not what it's going to be like. No. And how do you deal with those times? Because the highs are great. Yeah. And the lows are horrendous. So how do you ride them out? Do you have a feeling that you've got to be creative in other ways? Because obviously you're. We don't sit around waiting for that phone to ring or an email to drop um so what do you do i usually go and cry to my agent for a while i don't really cry but i do uh sit there and complain and then she tells me to get a grip because she's good like that and then the thing that saved me in the last sort of few years is which is so wanky but it is writing i'm writing um oh uh, sparkly oh my lights. god you know what it's like what? um the thing um stranger things that's just Griff. He's got a little button there. He likes to do it in an episode. That's what it's like. <laughs> oh, thrilled. It's when you say things, certain triggers. Yeah, they're like, stop, stop. Don't say don't it. Ta- don't say don't that. Liable, liable. <laughs> <laughs> Court case right here. 
Um, so, but uh, once you've spoken yeah. to them and they've been really supportive, and still at the end of the day, you're the one. Yeah, you're the one that has you. to deal with it. You're, yeah. You're, well, I write now. Are you so right I write, now? right, right. So, so when did that come into play? That came about a year. I had an idea about two years ago. Literally had an idea in bed, and I thought. That's an interesting idea. So I wrote it. It took me about a year to write because I'd never written a script before and I'm not one of those people that just thinks that I can... You can do it. Well, I usually think that I can do it. But... <laughs> I was going to say! <laughs> but I wanted to do it the best that it could be. So it took me a long time to do it. That's, the, had ac- to be... that's the academic side of you as well. It had to be perfect. Yeah. Like, go hard or go home. Like, there's no point in doing something half-assed. So that took me a year. And then I contacted all my sort of contacts from the comedy world even though it wasn't a comedy <laughs> and they went this is blah 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 but uh we only do comedy so write as a comedy so that's what i've been doing in the last two months been writing a comedy which is fucking hard yeah it's so hard i thought i was hilarious and i'm not <laughs> it's so <laughs> difficult oh my god do you write uh, no it's fucking really. hard like comedy is just you're just asking to fail it's literally you're putting your firstborn out there for Herod to take. It's just, it is what I'm here for. Fucking hell. No, Where did that come from? Uh, it's hard work. But do you feel that that's it. fulfilling something Massively. when you're not? Oh, it is. I love it. I, I, I read and I'm passionate about it, obviously. Do you think and it I ever do. outweighs the acting? Yeah. Does it? Yeah. That's so interesting because I've spoken to another actor who's also a writer. And I know that she said, yeah, it's kind of taken over. I prefer it. You prefer it. Do you prefer it because you have control? Oh, massively, yeah, because I'm a huge control freak, so... You uh, ma- but in terms but, of myself, not other people. No, I know, but, you know, that's the one thing that we lack, that, uh, that yeah. we strive for mm-hmm. uh, as, as, you know, being actors, and you're a control freak. Yeah. But, but, uh, f- but f- for myself, not other people, like, it's, like controlling myself like kind of have to be the best for myself all the time there's no like yeah go do you ever think there'll come a time when you decide to stop it all um, because you've got still got that other bit of your brain remember so you do but I want to create my I want to you know I'm so inspired by these a sport just, I say women but it you know Men as well, but, you know, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Michaela Cole and people like this that are... Is it Cara? How would you say her last name? I think she's amazing. Chrome? Chrome? Carla Chrome. Yeah, she was a Misfits. She was, uh, yeah. Um, And these young women that are writing, creating their own material, for me, I think that is... I think, well, I could do that. (laughs) I know it's really, really hard because I'm doing it, but I think, well... But why not? Why why can't, why can't why you? Why can't you think can't that you could do, do it? it? Well, because people tell you you shouldn't think like that. Exactly. So, but why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't you think I like think that? I think that people if, should do it. If if the script's there, people are going to hate me on this. And you're not. Oh, don't God. judge yourself. Stop it. <laughs> if the characters aren't there, then yeah. create your own work. We yeah. all. I'm creating my yeah, own work yeah. every week. We we can do this. Yeah. And put it out there. Exactly. Yeah. Why not? And I want to cast other people and I want to tell a certain story and I, I want to... I can see exactly how it could be and I know who I'd want to work with and I know the producers that could 
help me and I could help them and we could, uh, you know, I know it's going to take absolute years. It may never happen, but if you don't try it, then it's never going to happen. And in a world of so much rejection, it's Amen. nice to have some positivity. Unless you're re- rejected again, then it's <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> On that bombshell, Hannah Britland, thank you very much. I've loved it. Thanks so much. And another episode is done. What a ball of energy Hannah Britland was. Thank you, Hannah, if you're listening, for coming on and giving your time up for free Uh, and being so honest. It was great. What a great episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Now, look, the British Podcast Awards is coming up. You can still vote for the listener's choice. Now, it was announced this week of the top 20 in the listener's choice. We didn't make it. Of course not. We don't have the listenership, but we do have you, the beautiful, loyal listener, and you can still vote. Go to britishpodcastawards.com slash vote. Search the Two Shot Podcast, click submit, and you're done. We really appreciate it. And we will let you know on May 19th if... Cross fingers, we may have won uh, for our nomination for Best Culture Podcast. It's heavy competition, and there's great podcasts there. So we're a new podcast. We're not even a year yet. Who knows? But we're really proud um, of the nomination and uh, and thrilled to be there. It's going to be a great night. It's a big day for us. Because on May 19th, we're going to be up with the Charlatans at North by Northwich. We've got two live shows with Mr. Dave Haslam and Mr. Paddy Considine. And then we rush back for the podcast awards. Don't worry. There's going to be lots of footage. We're going to take loads of photos and we'll post them all. Cross your fingers, cross your toes. Let's see what happens. Until next week, I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff. And this has been the Two Shot Podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Sleep well. Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers. Cheers.